Welcome to Filmboard. Action. The world of film entrepreneurs reimagined. This is the future of cinema. Build and elevate your production business as we take you behind the scenes with successful filmmakers and industry leaders. If you truly love cinema, then you can't help but make a good movie. Learn from inspiring stories. You just have to want it so desperately that you can go without food. Business strategies. Be aggressive. Don't be polite. Be the filmmaker you've always dreamed of. I don't want you to dream. I want you to do. This is Filmboard. Welcome, Joshua, founder at Customatic, based in Toronto, a digital media and film agency that has worked with Fortune 500 companies, major brands, celebrities, and more. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Raymond. How are you doing? Great, great. Yeah, so I'd love to learn more about your story and how you got started with Customatic. Oh, cool. All right, so let's take it back. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um, it's, it's like evolved throughout the years. Uh, basically, originally, what it was, was when I first started, was like back in high school. Um, I was like an airbrush artist, traditional airbrush artist. So I would do t-shirts, cars, murals. Um, people don't know what airbrush is. It's essentially almost like graffiti in a way. Um, <laughs> but again, it's, it's, it looks a lot different. So um, I would do those type of clothes for a whole bunch of people, um, murals, some motorcycles, cars. And then I would always promote the company at that time when I was in high school by making videos. Um, oh, interesting. And that's where, like, I always loved the video part as well. We do, like, little skits and stuff like that. We do vlogs. And this was kind of pre-YouTube, so I had to, like, upload it to my own server on my website for people to actually come and watch. Mm -hmm. um, and then as time progressed, like, I always liked film. I like, watched, like, Jurassic Park was my favorite movie as a kid. And I just always loved – I didn't know what cinematography was back then, but I loved, like – I just knew something looked good, and I was like, okay, I like that. How right. did I do that? Um, but fast forward, it changed into me doing like websites and then trying to do video at the time. But at the time, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now, especially, I guess, the accessibility. So um, it was hard to get people to actually want to do videos. Everyone wanted to do photo. Uh, fast forward to college, I was still doing the videos. And eventually, the world, I feel like, started opening up more to wanting to get video work done. Um, mm -hmm. in a sense of not big brands, but just like individuals. Cause at that time, not everyone was having this whole, like every individual is a brand type thing. So right, like, right. the clients you really were getting would be big companies. And this is like, if you're just starting out, it's hard to get. So, mm -hmm. uh, it evolved from doing airbrushing to websites, graphic design, stuff like that. And to, and like always having videos to promote stuff to finally just solely video. Um, and then I would say where it kind of really like when I went full with it was um, I did a TV show, a reality show we have here in Canada called the VJ search. Uh, basically what it is, is like, think of like MTV hosts. We have that. Um, but we have a channel called much music. Well, we used to, we don't have any more. Mm -hmm. And that is where uh, you like an on-air host. So I did that whole show as a reality show to find the next host. I made it all the way to the end. Um, but the real thing that was great there was I got to make a lot of connections in this building we have called Bell Media out here in Toronto. Um, and there, kind of from there, I started working with other companies, other brands, and then started doing a lot of video uh, work for actual um, publications like sidewalk hustle and stuff and they would connect me with uh, other brands and that's how it kind of really started just taking off just doing solely uh film work 
but yeah. Sure, for Watch sure. Out. So what were you studying in college? I was studying marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Interesting. So did you know, did you see a connection between digital media and marketing at the time? Or were they two separate fields? Because right now, uh, it seems like they're kind of combining. Marketers are realizing video is the best source of engagement. So they're outsourcing, you know, creative work to freelancers. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the time, like, yes. And no, like I took marketing early in high school, entrepreneurial class in high school. Um, And then I liked it. And I figured because I was doing like a business so early with the airbrushing, like my high school teachers were buying stuff for me. I used to like airbrush for the basketball teams and stuff. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like getting a check from my school. So like seeing that was (laughs) like, well, I'm in high school. I'm getting an actual check from my school. Um, I figured that marketing was the one thing that I would need because the skills of like the creative skill there was easy for me. It was kind of innate. Um, but I I knew I needed to learn how to like, how am I going to market this? How am I going to get it out there? So that's where I saw the connection there. Um, with whatever I did, whether it's going to be traditional type art or if it was going to be uh, video or whatever, marketing and accounting right. are the most important things in any business. So, Yeah. So were you pursuing freelancing after college? Yes, I was trying to make it work like just full time. Um, and at that time, now things really were. This is now probably 2010 and 11, 2010, okay. 11, yeah, around there. Um, so around there, yeah, like I was aiming to do that, but at the same time, just working, like I was working at a clothing store. Um, so at the same time I was like part-time there and then like at home, at home, I'd come home editing, uh, pushing stuff out, getting stuff out there, looking for clients. So it was when it finally like started where the work with the brands and the freelance stuff started picking up more was Mm -hmm. when it's like, okay, I could finally fully transition. I see. So after college, you studied marketing. And then you were working at a retail store during this time. What was your thought process like? Um, because I assume landing clients were, was a little harder than what it is now. So like you were really starting from the bottom right after college. Um, yeah. So what was that experience like? It was, you know what it was in hindsight, like definitely needed. And it was, it was, looking back at it kind of freeing because you're just creating things that you want to you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, a lot of times like back then too actually if I, I wasn't working as much with brands but then I was working with uh, a lot of musicians and like that's one thing I had a connection to a lot of musicians a lot of rappers people that are trying to get into the music right business. so from there I was working with people on that side and at least that part was always where I was like, okay this is the client work right now creating this stuff um, but I always, my main goal was always narrative. Like even till at this point, it's narrative and creating like movies is what I want to mm-hmm. do. Um, but then it's great to be able to like, you know, pay the bills with also film work as well. So definitely it was, um, it wasn't until that, like, again, once that time around 2013 hit where uh, I linked up with a company called Sidewalk Hustle was when things really started to to take off a lot, too, in the sense of working with bigger brands and stuff, because they would bring me on to film a lot of, and mostly majority of their uh, projects, and mm-hmm. they were uh, publications slash influencers. So they'd be working, like, we got to film Travis Scott's concert through them. 
and uh, meet him and do a whole interview with him and stuff like that as well as like a bunch of other musicians and artists and then like also brands. So like we shot with like Perry Jumper CEO at Harry Rosen and a whole bunch of other fashion brands and a whole bunch of stuff. It was like a plethora. I see. So it seems like you were working at the retail store and, you know, building up your own clients from 2011 to 2013 and 2013 was the time when you got picked up by the agency for more larger projects, right? So 2013 was what I just say it's more of a pivotal time where um, I finally started getting the bigger brands to work with. And then they're working with me as like customatic and it's like, okay, like this is where it started. I like that's a, if I had to pinpoint somewhere, that's where I would see as the pinpoint of like where the freelancing took off with bigger, bigger clients. Oh, I see. So yes. um, in terms of a business perspective, was there anything that, you know, that was a drastic change in working with major brands, such as uh, making sure you like set expectations because, you know, a lot of things can go wrong with revisions, multiple, did I say multiple drafts, <laughs> um, you know, requests like, oh, can you change the song? Um, <laughs> yeah, stuff like sure. that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and the thing was, as as I went, it was um it kind of worked backwards in a way because um because I went to school for marketing, I wanted to also go to school for filmmaking as well. Mm-hmm. But at the time I already like I was studying as much filmmaking in college as I was marketing, probably even more, right? Like right. I would actually spend time on my breaks, anytime I was just trying to learn. And this was like prior again, YouTube wasn't like saturated with anything at all. So it was mm-hmm. like unless it was Film Riot or Andrew Kramer from video co-pilot there really wasn't anything else it was like i was on the adobe forums and like just finding things on forums uh that's where i was getting my information um so as i was like going along and like learning everything too was a client project sometimes it was things i was used to because again editing is my favorite part of the process so i knew what i needed to get to make my edit work but there's times where, you know, I was learning things along the way. I've like learned many lessons <laughs> along the way, especially because again, it was working backwards. It wasn't like going to school for it, getting into a, a production company through, you know what I mean? Hired mm-hmm. through a production company, learning kind of things, how it works and then doing it. it was the total opposite where I'm on my own, you know, have my own just freelance. Okay. My business is going to be called customatic and we're doing it through like just that where it's really just me. And if I, I need see. to like bring on like a friend or something like that, it was that. So, yeah, along the way, there was a lot of things I learned. Um, and again, like clients are clients. They'll always have the revisions and rip apart your uh-huh. work, whether even if they love it or not. You know, I mean, a lot of times I was lucky where clients loved and still do what I do. But, you know, people do have what they want in mind. And like it's at least gave me a place where I learned how to create what somebody wants, as well as know how to create something that I want and get it in there as well. I see. I see. Yeah. So, uh- you know, once you started landing these big clients and big gigs, did you ever hit a low point again in another perspective? Or was it just simply skyrocketing after 2013? No, I would say because, again, I when coming into it backwards, it was like a lot of people, and I would say even now, maybe, like, I didn't, I didn't get that chance to, you know, a lot of people will get into filmmaking work something else, another job, and kind of like supplement their filmmaking with the other job until it takes off, right? Right. Um, 
I did it backwards where I just went a hundred percent in aside from like the retail job I was doing, which it wasn't anything to bring in a lot of money. Right. It was like right. all my exits were in like the filmmaking basket. So, you know, there's times where, you know, you have to rent gear for a gig and you're putting everything <laughs> into that, you know what I mean? Right. And, and all that stuff. So one thing that, that I appreciate that because it, it taught me a lot there, but like, again, it was like, going from a place of, okay, I have to put all my eggs in one basket to make this work. There's times where, you know, you're waiting for a client to pay you out and you know, net 30, it's, <laughs> you know I mean, you're waiting how long. So, and then it's, it's not like you're a huge company where you're like, okay, I have this reserve or, you know I mean? X amount of dollars and other things coming in. So you're, you're kind of like, especially when you're like freelancing and so I call it more a solopreneur. I was early on because it was right. pretty much just me um you know while you're working on a project you don't really have time to like kind of court and find new leads in business so you're kind of like trying to get that project done so you can move on to the next thing and right. then so it was there was a lot of trials and tribulations throughout the way and which also made me pivot um in a way of what i wanted to because now at the moment i'm actually working for an agency another agency right but then like it allowed me throughout the times to kind of pivot in a way where I wanted to turn my business, not only as just like a production place where you just come as a client, but like I wanted to be able to work with other production houses. And that's where I pivoted to where it was like, it's a, you can bring this service within your co your currently existing production. So like example, Raymond, if you need someone to come in as from an editing standpoint or strategy or something like that, I was coming in like that with certain uh, production houses. I see. I see. Yeah. Wow. Definitely that, uh, you know, after, after going to college, did you know you wanted to become like a solopreneur? Um, I think it was more out of necessity. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I had my my reel, but my reel wasn't anything crazy at that time mm -hmm. because, it, again, it was what I could get my hands on. Like, you know, I was looking at people that were shooting on, like, at the time, Red Scarlets and stuff like that. And, like, now it, those things all seem like Red, seem, even though they're still pricey, they're, they're really accessible. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people right. see, get their hands on these. And, like, we're at a time now where every camera shoots well. But back then, like, my first camera was a Canon XHA1, like, my first professional camera. Mm -hmm. um, which is a you know <laughs> DV camcorder, HDV camcorder. Um, so there was only extent of like the type of stuff I could get. Like again, it still looked good, but like there was a lot of things like I was limited to because I didn't have the access there. So um, it was, and I I totally forgot your question right now because I feel like I was going off on a tangent. What did you? Oh just no, ask? no, just <laughs> just go on, just go on. <laughs> no, I just want to know where I was going with this. What you, what, what you said. Yeah, I totally forgot my question. I was just, uh, <laughs> oh, I was, I was just listening to what you said, and then I just forgot my question. Anyways, um, yeah, in terms of business for any aspiring freelancers out there, do you have any tips for them? For sure. Um, one would be, uh, I know at this time you'd probably, it's and again we're in a weird time with the pandemic happening right now. So Correct. it's kind of like you know prior to this, I would say. Um, yes, say yes to everything, but try to keep your sanity. You know what I mean? There's a lot of times where, um, because people are freelancing and especially in, in this like creative film industry, um, you kind of wear all hats and it, hindsight now, you know, 
filmmaking, you like even before knowing it's a it's a team game. You know what I mean? To create these things as a team game, but we've gotten to this place where content is needed like frequently that mm-hmm. we have to like cut back crews where someone before a project that would have twenty people on it would have ten and now five. And now sometimes it's like one person doing everything because companies need this, brands need this, people need this. People are personal brands that need things now. Now we have people that are actually giving uh hiring, you know what I mean? someone mm-hmm. to do something as like a, a company or a brand would. So I would say um, one thing, and it might be a little different what people are saying is specialize um, in something. I think mm-hmm. we have a lot of, you know, a lot of people are like jack of all trades at the moment. Correct. And I think we've gotten away from, I think the film industry was like, you specialize, you know, we have this editor, this DP, this director. And I think it's still good to be multifaceted and, and, be, able, but, and be able to understand and wear all hats but also start honing in and focusing on like your one skill within the industry as well that you want to be like the best at um, when coming to it. But it's something to work on over time. But don't alienate yourself and say, I can't direct, I can't DP, I can't do this. Like mm-hmm. I can only do this, but try to also become a specializer in one. So when you mean uh, specializing as a freelancer, because as a freelancer, you're kind of a jack of all trades. Do you mm-hmm. mean specializing in a specific style or specializing in a specific industry like the type of clients you work with that too i think that works as well uh also i'm even saying like the role you want to take on right again i think now everything is blended together like people don't really people realize and know but like from a film industry standpoint from before till now you know the editor and the person who shoots it wasn't the same person the person that directed it you know what i mean so i'm saying is breaking like those roles again now are they're still here they're still where it's like like personally for me i specialize as an editor right um so like right now the agency i work at uh i'm the senior editor there um with other companies i work at i came in as an editor right um when i'm Mm -hmm. just doing things from like a freelance standpoint under myself customatic there I'll, I'll shoot, direct, maybe, you know, take on different roles. I see. Um, even at the agency I'm at now, I film a majority of things as well too. But like I specialize in editing because that's my favorite part of the process, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like where it has the most control. So I'd say for freelancers as well is don't be afraid to specialize as well because if you, it's great to do everything and that's fine and, you'll, and it's a, a positive to have. But right. as, as your career progresses, you i think it's kind of important to have people call you as like i want that person for that because they do that very 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 well that's very true especially if you want to spread um if you want to get more income sources because no one's going to hire you as a journalist in that you do your dp your editor your storyboard artist uh post-production color grader like no they're going to want one person whether that be an editor, a storyboard artist, or a color grader. So yeah. Like, what are what are your thoughts on you know what do you think is what do you think is the next stage in terms of filmmaking and marketing as uh, more people are required are learning more about the traits of a personal brand and cameras are getting cheaper. Um, do you think people are going to under- soon start understanding? the amount of work that goes into uh, video production? Oh, wow. This is something we talk about a lot on uh, my podcast. Uh, 
educating the client because I feel like for years I've been trying to educate the clients and it's like we finally are at a place where um, majority of people now understand the actual work that goes into filmmaking videos content creation in general um, and with that being said uh, I think people are understanding the value that it brings and the value that it actually uh, it just brings your business and what, it, what it's worth and what it's costing so I would say now that we're in a time where people understand that, I think now the actual work is one thing, but I think we're going to go to a place now with like marketing and things where it's going to go back to actual storytelling. Like we're going to have to start focusing more on the story of things. I feel 100%. like uh, there's like two things. There's like the film side of practitioners and people wanting to just create beautiful stuff. And then there's also like, what does it do? Right? Like the whole mm -hmm. point of filmmaking, it's not just to like look at cool ass gear and, and all this kind of stuff it's to like actually tell stories that make people think feel or do right and i mm -hmm. think we're gonna get moved back to more that now because literally every every camera every piece of gear has now gone to a place where it, it's all obtainable it's not like it was before like when i was coming up these things were not obtainable you know what right. I mean? especially being under 20 years old now you, you'll see kids are like 18 with a friggin' red cam or something like mm -hmm. that and it's it's no big deal so yeah Definitely. As uh, I worked with a marketing agency and, you know, from their perspective, businesses work with agencies because they want a positive ROI. And then these marketing agencies are looking towards creatives because video is the best form of engagement. But there seems to be still a new thing in small businesses, as mm -hmm. well as some companies in that they don't really understand that you video is not just a marketing engagement it requires story to captivate people um it's it's a new thing in that people think that hiring a videographer will generate a positive ri just because they're doing video but what pulls people in is stories and you know how well can you tell the story so that's why i think Back to your point about specializing, I think storytelling and editing is going to be a very crucial skill that people are going to be looking for in the next few years. For sure, I would say because even now, um, it's it's getting to the point where there's a lot of parts in filmmaking that like it's it's I'm not saying it's getting eaten away, but you know we have like all these tools now and all these apps that can do a lot of things that you know what I mean where are technically a job for somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, not saying it's going to take it away totally because again back to what you're saying too with the storytelling it's nuanced and in order to tell a story that captivates somebody it's not it's also the story but then there's also the visual like we live in a world now where everything is visually appealing you scroll on instagram what catches your eyes what you look at first it's not kind of what you hear or what you you know it's what you see so right. it still has to look good the storytelling still has to be on point um but it's just such a nuanced thing where, yeah, as we're progressing and you really want, you want your product brand, whatever it is to do something and make money. Essentially, that's what this whole thing is about when it comes to that side of it, like the ad side or the, the side of actually like brands using video as a product mm -hmm. in a way. Um, yeah, that's where you have to spend the time and find the right people that are going to actually take it to the next level that is going to engage your target audience. 100%. Well, a lot of this uh, business topic, it seems uh, it's already on your podcast. So for mm -hmm. 
people that are interested in, you know, learning more about the business aspect, where can they find your podcast? Oh, you can find my podcast on all streaming. Oh, let me do this like maybe I always do that like in the two shows. You can find my podcast, Secret Filmmaker Society, uh, on all streaming services, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's just my podcast uh, is with my co-host Wills because we did a lot of stuff coming up, like um, filming a lot of things together, like event videos and things like that. Um, so we kind of been through the mud, man, like running around at like three o'clock in the morning after filming like at a club and having to come home, edit stuff, get it back, like. A lot. So we just talk about like the trials and tribulations of like everything that has like kind of happened and like MacGyvering our way through and still learning. Right. And like what we've learned now and just like um, applying it because essentially, you know, people say filmmaking is this journey that never ends. You know, mm -hmm. I, again, I want to be making my main thing is to be making movies. I still love doing client work and stuff like that because it's a target. But movies is like what I want to do and tell stories like netflix what's what's the film industry like in terms of uh toronto for like the film industry for making movies well here that's the thing like again a lot of times in america like many of the productions come down here because it's cheaper to film here as well right um and i think too it's like with all the um access to all these streaming services now there's so much more stories that can be told so like there's a lot of stories there's like especially here in toronto we have like a huge caribbean afro influence right especially the caribbean influence. like i'm my, my background is jamaican uh it, our lingo here is like broken down from like a jamaican descent and stuff like that mm -hmm. so there's a lot of stories here where and i think that's why like the uk uh and toronto kind of really get along in the sense of we understand each other because i watch uk movies and there's a lot of like same similarities in a way it's just they got a different little access when they say things. i didn't even sound british interesting <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so like here in toronto it, it's like, the thing about canada is like we're not as big as the states um mm -hmm. but there you know i mean there are a lot of productions that happen here like again there's shows that get shot here all the time what's that on uh, the umbrella academy was filmed here um Actually, it was filmed just down the street from my house, some of the parts of it. Um, but, like, a lot of different shows, right? So there is um, that here. We have TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, every year. So there's a lot of things that are always happening here um, to break in. But I just feel like also that world of film is just international. So there's stories to be told from our perspective from living in Toronto. Um, but uh, just distribu distributing it worldwide is, is the, the main goal. Definitely. It seems like with these uh, streaming services, it kind of lessens the gateway to be able to release a film out there, as well as um, the realization that there's a lot of untold stories out there that can um, use our services and, you know, unite people, engage people and really showcase the stories that people aren't really hearing. For sure. That's the, that's the main thing, I think, actually. Well, yeah, thank you, Joshua, for joining us on this podcast. And, you know, definitely check out the Filmmaker Society if you want to learn more about business tips for freelance filmmakers. Um, yeah, do you have any uh, last tips or words you'd like to say? Last tips, last words, I'll say is, guys, everything is good. All cameras, all equipment, it's all great now. <laughs> So stop worrying about gear and get out there and just film. And that's even something I'm saying to myself now is just get out there and just create. I think uh, right now we're also 
gung ho on it, all the stuff that's actually out there and, and reviewing all these different cameras, but then we're not creating actually the stories we need to tell. So let's mm-hmm. start telling some more stories. All right, man. Well, thank you for joining us and have a great day. You too.